And away we go. It's time for another episode of In The Huddle, EP 287. And I just want to make a quick announcement as we all know we've been doing this show for years, back in the college days. And uh, we're actually going into a new era. You know, we're going to switch things up a little bit. We're going to change our show name. It's not 1999 anymore. The new podcast, same host, same personnel, just a minor change. And we're going to talk about more more about that as we go on because the next time you see us we're probably going to be under that name so it's imperative to like and subscribe to all the platforms that we have right now and just be alert for the new changes and updates without further ado we got a loaded show right now because we got some sports talk to do okay we got business to handle before we make that transition that i just mentioned and it's going down we talking about the monday night football game we are talking about the firings in the nfl already Black Monday has started early this year. I wish I could say the same thing about Thanksgiving because the brother's hungry. But <laughs> Black Monday has started already. Matt Rule is out the door. And we're going to talk about that as well. We got a special guest that's going to be joining us, hopefully, at some point during the show. But without nevertheless, I'm done talking for right now. I'm going to pass the mic to my co-host, the one and only, Zach. What's going on? Well, what's going on, my guy? Happy to be here, as always. And it's pretty wild. We just finished uh, the fifth week of action in the NFL. Uh, before we know it, we will be here at week six. And it, I, we say it every year, but it's just pretty wild how quickly the season goes by, especially once it gets here, because you've been waiting all summer, all off season for the NFL season to get here. And all of a sudden, we're six weeks in, uh, 18 w- weeks in total, and the season just continues to fly by. But you already know we're going to be talking about it all here today. On in the huddle. I can't wait. I'm excited. Let's do it. And we might as well get right to it because there's a lot to talk about. The Raiders players were all in, all on board with Josh McDaniels' decision to go for two against the Chiefs. Did Josh McDaniels blow the game? Let's start off there. A lot of theatrics has happened since then. Let's start off with that specific topic. Did Josh McDaniels blow the game, Zach? Yeah, so me specifically... I didn't mind the call to go for two uh, when the Raiders scored to go down uh, one weight in the fourth quarter. That throw by Derek Carr to Devontae Adams, that throw and catch was big time. Adams had a really good game. Unfortunately, the Raiders couldn't take advantage. But honestly, I think Josh McDaniels, you could blame him for a lot of things in this game. But I really don't think the call was one of them because I understand if you don't agree with it, everyone's going to have their own feeling on that. But where when I look at it, you have an opportunity to go up one. And honestly, the Raiders were up 17-0 early in this game. Kansas City comes storming back. And I think when Kansas City made that big comeback, when Kansas City scored the touchdown to go up set uh, to go up seven, they missed the two-point conversion. Uh, a lot of people thought the game was over. And somehow the Raiders find a way to go down the field and score to uh, come an extra point away of tying the game. And I know there were four minutes left and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, uh, they could have, Uh, driven right down the field and given the Chiefs the lead right back. But at the same time, Harrison Butker was hurt. The Chiefs kicker was missing kicks in this game. They, The one game they lost this season, a lot of it had to do with their special teams and their kicker uh, not coming through because they're missing Harrison Butker, one of the better kickers in the league. And honestly, you have an opportunity to go take the lead. I didn't have a huge problem with it. And even if you missed it, your defense could have had uh, the opportunity to come up and stop Kansas City, which they did. Uh, And the Raiders got the ball back, like, down one point with about two minutes left. Like, they had a chance to win the game. And if I was the Raiders, like, I would have signed up for that. 
uh, as a consequence of missing that two-point conversion, but unfortunately they couldn't come through uh, to win the game in the end. So honestly, I didn't have a huge problem with Josh McDaniel's decision to go for it. I don't think that was the reason why uh, they lost the game. Yeah, in hindsight, thinking about it, taking time to reflect, the way how things panned out, they had a chance to still win the game. And if there's a script that you can write, playing the team like the Kansas City Chiefs, you will want to have the ball rather than Mahomes have the ball last. Now, you could say, let's say they attempted the PAT, the game was tied. The Chiefs are still getting the ball back. And they're going to make sure that they have the ball last. They're going to milk every bit of that clock and still try to put up points to make sure that Derek Carr is watching from the sideline, sort of like Josh Allen from the sideline, even though it was destined to happen because it was 13 seconds left and nothing you could do about it. But still, watching from the sideline, not getting a chance to touch the rock. Now, yeah, basically, so you start up there. And also, it's like if the Chiefs want to score, they're going to score. When they got back the ball, I understand the Raiders stopped them. So a lot of people told me, well, the Raiders did stop them on the next possession. Yeah, dummy, because they were not trying to score. They were trying to milk out the clock to make sure that they don't give the ball back. But if they were looking to score, they're more than likely going to score. That's the type of team that they are. It's hard to stop them. Honestly, look at the last two, three years. If people could easily do it, it would have been done already. So, yeah, so we take care of that. So I don't disagree with the call. I like the call. When you go up against a team like the champs, you know, um, the Chiefs, I can't even call them the champs no more because I'll be disrespecting the Rams, but you know what I mean. The division champs, you got to put them out. And that's what they tried to do. But ultimately, it came down to the execution. Now, to answer the question in a more broader term, did Josh McDaniels blow the game? No, he didn't blow the game because I believe the players blew the game. That drive right after halftime, you know, was despicable from the Raiders. That right there was the signal that the game is a wrap. It's over. Because I've seen it too many times. When you give the Chiefs life, they take it out of you. It's a wrap. They had a 17-0 lead. They kicked the field goal prior to halftime to get some of that momentum that was lacking because of that roughing the passer call. Right? Now, they got momentum. That little kick right there. I know it's three points. That's momentum. So now they're going into the locker room. Instead of worrying about that call and just like messing them up. From a mental standpoint, they're like, all right, we got three. Now, your job, if you're the Raiders, after halftime, is to get the ball back and silence the crowd again and drive down the field and just put them out. They had a, I believe it was a holding call on that drive. It was a offensive PI, I believe, and then a holding, no, offensive PI and intentional grounding. So now it pushes you back to the point where you're not trying to score on that drive. You're trying to flip field position. So now your mentality is different. Your mentality, every time you play the Chiefs, is to score, score, score. Not to flip field position. And that's where those calls flip their mentality. So now the Chiefs got the ball back, and it was all she wrote from there. So between that, between Devontae Adams not being aware of where the sideline was, where he caught that ball on fourth down initially or before fourth down, and then that play when they ran into each other, him and Renfro, Renfro, yeah, I got to say it's more in the players because I expect, you know, I understand they don't know the system. Adams don't. But at the same time, that's on the players. So did Josh McDaniels blow the game? No, nah, I think he actually coached a well thought out game, was aggressive when he needed to be. It just comes down to the players and execution on this one for me. 
Yeah, for the most part, I agree. Let me ask you, though, about that sequence on third and fourth down and one with the game basically on the line for the Raiders. I agree on the third down play. Adams should have caught that ball or Carr should have just had better timing. Like if you can't execute there, like that's just a, a killer. But at the same time, on fourth and one, man, you're running the ball down Kansas City's throat the whole game with Josh Jacobs, who has really impressed me. Uh, throughout the start of this season uh he was a guy the Raiders obviously uh declined his fifth year option so it was a big year uh, for him going in and he's been balling out and he looked really good on Monday night the Chiefs could not stop him at all and on fourth and one you're just gonna run like a deep go route that at best has a 50-50 chance of of executing properly even if Adams and Renfro don't walk into each other like I just don't love passing twice on third and fourth and one and I knew going in, the Raiders were going to show a really big effort in this game just because they started one and three. They needed this game badly if they had, uh, if they really have any hope of turning their season around. Uh, and it's unfortunate that they couldn't get it done. I don't think the Raiders are as bad as a one and four team. Like, I think they're better than the Broncos. But at the end of the day, like, your record is what your record is. And, and they're one and four, which is just a killer. They're going to be going into their bye uh, this week. But I just look at that game, man, and the Raiders had many chances to win. They were up 17-0. But at the end of the day, I, I just look and I see Josh McDaniels, who we, we he didn't coach a terrible game, but we have no idea if he's the right guy for that team or not. You look at Derek Carr, who's okay. I'm a fan. He has his moments. But in the biggest games, in the biggest moments, you're not sure if he's always going to be able to, and, to, to deliver because – in that game, I think Carr played all right through the first three quarters. He made some plays, but in the fourth quarter, when the Raiders needed him the most, he couldn't come up clutch, and, and that's uh, what, what kills a team like that. And when you just get off to such a bad start, it's really hard to be able to come back from that because just one game like that where it could have made all the difference, you just you couldn't come through, and at one and four, it's looking pretty bleak for the Raiders right now. I mean, to be fair, to cut some slack for Josh McDaniels, when we go to those exact last two plays of the game, the third down, the third and one, that they took a deep shot. It was kind of like an intermediate shot to Adams. That could have been caught. Now, if Adams had both feet in there, we're not talking about the fourth down play. Now, we get to the fourth down play, and, you know, that little miscommunication, I don't know what happened on that play. It was a disaster. They were connected on those shots. Remember, there was a fourth and one backed up on their own side of the field where they took a deep shot and they scored on that play. So it was working. Those shots were working because everybody expecting you to run the football. You hit them with the play action and then you get over to the top. It was working the entire game. So although Josh Jacobs was working the entire game, he was running hard. He was running in between tackles. So was the passing on fourth down going deep. So, you know, I can't blame him for that. I just think it comes down to the players on the field executing. And um, they didn't. And I think that's why they lost. And when you talk about Mac Hollins, he needs to brace himself to be back in the doghouse because he was throwing the ball four times, then make one catch. And there was two catches that I saw where he could have made big plays. One early in the game where Derek Carr threw a deep pass that literally hit him in the hands. I know the guy, the defender was right in front of him, still could have made the play. Another one in the end zone where Odell was between two defenders. He still had, had his hands on the ball. You have to make those plays. It can't be the Adams show. Like, yeah, that's why they paid Adams for it to be the Adams show. But you got to be able to make a play, too. So and, uh, I think Waller was out, right? He, he left Waller was out. Kind of been just got two back. Yeah. And Renfro just got back. So if you're Mac Hollins, a guy trying to get playing time that was able to get playing time to start up the year because of these injuries, you got to make a count on prime time. They didn't. So Josh McDaniels, was it a perfect game that he called? Absolutely not. 
but it wasn't a terrible game. I think it's the execution that matters to me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'll say this about Kansas City. I, you know, they, it wasn't their best game. And it was kind of a, a, a trap game, in my opinion, just considering how fired up they were for that Tampa Bay game. And we know what's coming up this uh, weekend with Buffalo coming to town. And I know that's weird to say because the Chiefs and Raiders historically have been a pretty big rivalry. They're in the same division of the AFC West. But I'm just impressed with Mahomes finding a way down 17 nothing, and he had the Chiefs right back in the game, especially with that roughing the passer call. I think that was a little bit of a game changer, honestly, because that really fired up the crowd. Will, I've never really seen a crowd like affect the referee like that and just the way the game was really officiated because as soon as that happened, it, it almost felt like the Reds were almost a little bit afraid to, to make a, a call against the Chiefs, and Kansas City got some calls uh, down the stretch, but they found a way to take advantage of it uh, really like they always do, which makes them so hard to beat. And uh, the fact that Mahomes in his career, like he has a winning record when he's down double digits in games, it's really impressive to me. And uh, you know how I feel about him, man. I think when he's your guy, you're always going to have a chance to win. And I'm really looking forward to that game uh, coming up this weekend with uh, Buffalo and Kansas City. Yeah, to be fair, you know, when you talk about the reps, yeah, they was intimidated. You made a terrible call, and you still have a whole second half to hear the crowd. At least with the Tampa Bay thing, that was the end of the game right there. That was three minutes left. You could you could go home. Hi, I made the bad call, but guess what? See you, suckers. I'm out. You know what I'm saying? Like, nah, you got to deal with them, you know, for the second half of the game. And clearly, you know, that's a ruckus crowd as well. Tampa Bay don't got that same type of crowd like Kansas City. They act like they collegiate level type of um franchise when it comes to everything just environment when it comes to that team and how they represent but i think what makes the chiefs a little bit hard to stop is not really patrick mahomes and i always say this a lot of people are like yo why are you always taking credit away because it's a team game and just like how quarterbacks can succeed in a situation where you know there's nothing around them it's the same way quarterbacks can succeed when there's a lot of things around them Forget about the coaching. We all know Andy Reid is a Hall of Famer. Forget about the, the weapons or the lack thereof. A lot of people say, including myself, that they was not going to be as good without Tyreek Hill. I could put that to bed, that theory. They're going to be fine without Tyreek Hill because they still have the, the components to be successful. And that's with an offensive line that could allow plays to develop downfield. Mahomes has a lot of time in that pocket. So you still got speed on that team. Like, they lost a lot of speed with Tyreek Hill. But MVS is a speedy dude. They still got speed. So when you have time in the pocket, it allows plays to develop downfield. And that's what I saw happening. The pass rush of the Raiders, they got to Mahomes in the first half. That's why they was up. But I don't know what happened in the second half. They didn't get to him. And so it allowed those receivers to get open. Because at some point, they're going to find the sore spots in the zone and catch the ball. Because they had the time to, you know, reroute. That's what happened. So if you're going to beat Kansas City, number one, you have to stop them first before you try to outscore them. You need to stop them. And you need to do that by making sure your four can get to Mahomes and you can drop back and take away everything. If your line can't get to Mahomes, he's going to beat you that way. If your line could get to Mahomes and you blitzing, he's going to get you that way. So there's certain personnel that can give Mahomes trouble. And unfortunately, that personnel wasn't the Raiders. Yeah, one last thought on the Raiders from the co their coaching and uh, that perspective that I forgot to mention. I don't know how. It's kind of like they forgot to cover this guy. But Travis Kelsey has been playing football a really long time, right? He's been in the league about eight, nine years now. 
Has he ever had a bad game against the Raiders? Like, did the Raiders ever cover him? Because not one, not two, not three, but four touchdowns. What a crazy performance. Four touchdowns for, like, six catches and 47 yards. Like, just a weird stat line uh, for 87. But the Raiders, you got to cover him. Like, that's another yeah. – that, that's, that's the uh, thing that really – I think blew them the game. And really from the Chiefs perspective, they had to cover Devontae Adams too. They had him one-on-one play after play after play. And it was really the team that just found that guy most that ended up winning. If I was a fantasy manager and I was going up against Adams and Kelsey, I'm living. I'm like, can you cover these guys, please? Somebody. I could do it so I could win my my week. It's crazy. But Zach, I want to move on to the subtopic here. Staying with everything that happened after the game, because there was a lot of theatrics that happened after the game. I want us to give our reactions to Devontae Adams being charged for shoving a photographer. And you know what, Zach? I think for me, it was uncalled for. It was very surprising because Adams has always been a, you know, decent guy. Like you never, Adams doesn't strike you as a guy that's just rah-rah, get in your face, cause trouble, a menace. You want to fight somebody, snatch somebody, chain, like, nah. He doesn't strike me as that individual. I've seen this guy in Green Bay all these years. The guy's, like, one of the best-behaved students in the classroom. So to see that, it's like, okay, once again, I go back to my point. The Raiders got an issue. We already know the label around the Raiders in their franchise. They're known as the convicts of the NFL. Guys get trouble day all the time. And Adams chose to be in this environment, to be in this situation, coming from, yes, a cheap, franchise but a stable decently ran franchise to come to this franchise that's trying to turn its um motto and you know just everything around right and he goes over there and now he gets into trouble even though that wasn't the Raiders there that that, that, that was Adams still when you're in an environment of uh of a you know your environment you all with your environment is most of the times I don't know I'm worried about Adams because that was on call for I never seen it even with the package right forget it the Packers, he lost some games. He lost NFC Championship games. I ain't never seen that. Of course, you never seen, you know, a photographer walk. You know, a lot of different scenarios, right? I'm going way too far ahead. But still, it was a bad decision. It was uncalled for. And I'd be hella shocked if he's not suspended one game. I would assume it's Wednesday. Um, That would be coming up, but they got to buy. So maybe that's why we didn't hear nothing yet. They do got to buy. So I should mention that. But I would be shocked if he's not suspended by the league. Yeah, it was really surprising for me to see. And it's crazy that he got charged. I mean, I know it's 2022. And and, and if you're the guy, like, you're probably going to do whatever you got to do. But my uh, back, <laughs> my, my head, everything. I'm hurting. Okay. I'm about to die. Like, if Adams gets charged for that, like, Draymond Green doesn't get charged for what he did to Jordan Poole. Like, I mean, I don't know. But it is interesting, like, if I were Adams and he tweeted an apology after the game and he, uh, when he got to the podium uh, after the game, the first thing he said uh, was he apologized again. But if I was him, I think I would have just uh, made sure I would have found the security, uh, the camera guy some, somewhere in the back and apologized face to face and maybe uh, give him some f- free Raider gear and hopefully that would settle things. But it, it was not a good look for uh, Devontae at all. And I honestly think you're on to something when uh, it comes to him leaving the Packers and just going uh, to a new team and a new environment uh, with the Raiders, because I know the Packers had some tough losses, but they are, they're a winning organization. You know, they've had 30 years of 
elite quarterback play with Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, and they're just not used to losing, especially in ways that, let's face it, the Raiders have lost in just an embarrassing fashion in the last 15, 20 years. It always just seems they find a way to lose. They find a way to give away the game, and a lot of the times it's the refs. A lot of the time it's them making their own mistakes. They're just a poorly run franchise that hasn't really caught in a lot of breaks on the field, but I definitely think when you go to uh, when you're going from a stable place like Green Bay, and let's face it, like I know these two organizations are ran very differently, but like Aaron Rodgers is better than Derek Carr by a pretty wide margin, and I know Devontae and Derek are really good friends. They have great chemistry going back to their college days, and they've had some great moments so far earlier this season. But the Raiders, right away with the first year head coach, that we have no idea if he could do this or not. They're one and four right in the middle of adversity before you even blink to start the season. And I think they're better than that. I think they're better than a one and four team, but at the end of the day, uh, that's their record. And I'm really curious to see what happens with Devonte Adams going forward, because I said this a few weeks ago and I'll say it again. I think if this Raider thing continues to go sour, I don't think Josh McDaniels is being let go after one year after they just committed basically their whole franchise to him and Dave Ziegler to run it. I think there's a good chance if this thing really falls out of control that Derek Carr could be on another team next year. I really believe that. Yes, and if I'm that photographer in that split second that I'm on the ground, I'm saying to myself, hmm, well, this photographer job ain't paying me well. So you know what? My back, my arm, my leg, my head, my everything. They even came out and said that he has a slight chance of a concussion right now. Slight chance. Does he have it or does he don't? Like, you know, um, if you're Adams, you got to be smarter than that. And if there's anything that I know, when I look around the league, some things, sometimes the story never changes when it comes to a franchise. One thing I know about the Raiders, they're going to get a convict at least one time every year. Somebody's going to end up in jail, bro. Somebody's going to end up behind bars. That's what I know for sure. Just like how I know for sure, Washington going to have some tragedy off the field. Right. Um, it always happens. Just like I know the Chargers is going to have some injuries. Just like I know the Buccaneers is going to have some injuries. Just like I know the Chiefs are still going to beat up on these teams in the division. Some things just never change. The Cowboys is going to be the Cowboys. Aaron Rodgers is going to fall short in the NFC Championship game. Some things just never change. It is what it is. We'll be back after the break. Keep it locked.